the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. And you're tuning in to the Church of the Week. We're so excited today to have in the studio Pastor Brian Ayala from Extreme Impact Church uh, here in San Antonio. He's uh, been doing the work of the Lord here, and uh, we're just excited to have you, Pastor. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, sir. Well, um, you know, I want to start out a little bit uh, with uh, with your background. I think most people have this idea that that pastors are brought up in the church, you know, we were we were born in the church, slipped under the pews, and were baptized early on, and just kind mm-hmm. of uh, went through the whole process of being in church, go to theology school, and get our degree in mm-hmm. that, and then finally find our way behind a pulpit to have a congregation of our own. And I know that your story is a little bit different, and I, I know that a lot of people that are listening out there are going to be able to relate to it and are going to be blessed by it. So give us a little bit about your background on on uh, on your youth and how you ended up where you are today. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. Um, growing up in church was definitely far away from our family. And um started back when I was about eight, eight, 13 years old. I was involved in gangs and drugs. I was selling drugs at a very young age and just got involved with the wrong crowd um, growing up. And, you know, one of the things that I never seen in my future was God or church or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The, the mere mention of, of that was like, it was just not not ever mentioned in our home, mm. but um, the, the street gangs was the family that I found because the family that I had um, every there's no perfect family and of course I could never find the love that I needed and so I found it within the peers and my my friends and stuff in the street gangs and I've been involved in drugs. I remember there was a time I was actually uh, 16 years old and after um, selling drugs I ended up using the very drugs I was selling which took me on a whole new roller coaster ride mm-hmm. of just uh, drug abuse and um, there's times that I've actually lived on the streets how of, did you get introduced to drugs some you discovered on your own well actually um, it was in the fifth fifth grade actually yeah. in the fifth grade I had uh, wow. there was kids that were actually selling in elementary grade, school fourth grade actually yeah Wow. Elementary school and they were selling drugs in school and I thought they were cool because they had all the people around them they was the you know, they always had the money, and so I ended up hanging around these individuals. Mm. And so during during that time, I didn't start using, but when I did, it really, really tore my life apart and um, could never find my way out. I was doing everything from panhandling at times to um, walking the streets. Just I, I remember looking up one time asking God, I said, Lord, if you're real, why are you letting me go through this if you mm. even exist? And um, I remember the time that we were in that hotel room. I had actually overdosed on some of the drugs that I had took. And um, the people that were there were getting ready to dump my body behind the hotel room. In a, How old were you then? I was 16 years old at that time. You overdosed at 16? Yes, sir. Or, yes, sir. Wow. 16 years old. And I don't remember anything that happened. All I remember is waking up. They had, had me covered in a blanket. Mm-hmm. And they were ready to, they said they were about to get rid of you. And. I told him, y'all going to put me down. That's what you're going to do. And, yeah. of course, I didn't know God had 
you know, saved me at that time, had no idea, but everybody's eyes were probably as big as flies when they seen me open my eyes. Yeah. And, wow. But they had told me I was dead. Why do you think, looking back now, why do you think uh, God cared enough to pull this druggie, if you will, I don't know if I can call you that, but this kid that was going down the wrong road that mm-hmm. was uh, up to no good and didn't really care about church and having a relationship with God, why would God care enough to even uh, just consider you when he's got so many other things to take care of? Well, it's the love of God. It's his love for his creation, which I know now. I didn't know then. Yeah. But the one thing about God, God does not look at where you're at. He looks at the purpose for which you were created. Mm. And I knew, he knew that I was not created to be involved in drugs, to be hooked on drugs, to be selling and gangs of that sort. So it was his love, the love of Christ that he he drew me out. And, you know, the Bible says that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the, fi- right. the, the wise. And I was definitely a fool at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I still can be. Yeah, but. and little did you know where you'd be today. Yes, you know, sir. I mean, you were le- kind of left for dead that day, mm-hmm. and uh, then all of a sudden, God begins to direct your paths as you allow Him, uh, to the point that today you find yourself pastoring and leading people to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Take us through that transition. How did you get to a a sixteen year old boy that was so much into drugs that he overdoses to being the man that you are today, used mm-hmm. by the power of the Holy Ghost to transform the lives of people well mark i'll definitely share that with you but i i I feel in my heart right now to share this one other testimony Mm -hmm. of somebody who may be listening may have a a a teenager or son or daughter maybe themselves have been through it but there was also another time that i was shot at point blank Mm -hmm. um pretty much i want to say at least about five to ten feet away of uh, 45 was unloaded on to the front windshield of a vehicle that i was driving and Mm -hmm. i remember that day driving and it hitting another car and then i heard another clip was put into the gun of these people that were running after the vehicle mm-hmm. and they unloaded another clip through the back window wow car still worked i still drove when i got out of the vehicle there was bullet holes all over the seat all over the chair mm-hmm. and not one penetrated my body and so Amazing. somebody may be listening right now and i just feel led to let them know the bullet didn't miss you because they were a bad shot Mm. It missed you because God was protecting you. So you have a purpose in your life today. Don't give up on God. But after the age of 16, I remember I was 17 years old on the streets of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and right in the downtown area, actually about two blocks away from the county jail, Mm. and um, still a prisoner of my own in my own life. And I remember a gentleman that was passing by, and he seen me standing there. His name was uh, Daniel Montalvo. I'll never forget this man. And he made a U-turn, and, you know, I was asking people, hey, you have a dollar or something? I'm trying to get the bus, and I was pretty much stuck out there. And he says, well, I don't have a dollar, but i tell you what, I got something better. Mm. And I looked at him for a moment. And I said, oh, man, here goes one of these Bible thumpers. <laughs> I said, golly. And I, I kind of told him, I said, sir, I, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. He goes, well, it's too bad because I'm going to share a bit with you. Wow. And I'm looking at him, and something just kept me there for a moment. He says, you know what? Jesus Christ can set you free, son. He goes, you're not meant to be on these streets. You're Mm. too young to be out here. And I told him, I said, look, I I, I don't want to hear about Jesus. You know, your your Jesus can't do nothing for me. Mm. And he says, well, just take this number because you'll be needing it. And I'm thinking, I'm not taking nothing from this man. You know, mm-hmm. I want him to leave me alone. So I figured he'll Unless leave me alone. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he had money, I'll take it gladly, you know, shake your hand, become yeah. your friend and everything. Sure. But I turned around and told him, I said, um, you know, if you, you, you know, um, just go ahead and give me the number. And I did it because I knew if I took the number, he'd probably leave me alone, mm. which he did. Little did I know that day God had set me up. 
He has, <laughs> just like he does. All yes, the time. sir. Yeah, it's awesome. He set me up that yeah. day when he left. I remember walking. I didn't have anywhere to go, and the rain started coming down. And my God, I was just thinking, God, you're doing this. Mm. I didn't even believe in God. I didn't care much about God. And but after talking with that man, something was planted in my heart. And that day, I was chased by eight uh, rival gang members through the mm. projects of downtown Fort Worth, and. Mm. I remember running. They were chasing me through those projects, and they ended up telling me, um, we're going to smoke you. We're going to blast you, and you can hear them yelling, and I'm just running. Mm -hmm. And so I guess somebody ended up calling the police. Right across the street, there was one house in the middle of a field, and I remember running to that house, knocking. Nobody answered. There was a car in the driveway, so I hid under the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Well, here come the guys. They're running, and you can hear them. You know what? He's got to be right here. Well, you'd think somebody would be smart enough to look under the car. Yeah. Well, they didn't look under the car. I was mm. sitting there, and I remember praying for the very first time, um, not not a prayer of uh, blaming God or telling him, if you're real, then why did you let this happen? Yeah. But I literally remember praying, God, if you're real, don't let them find me. Mm -hmm. And when I get out, I'll call that number. And the minute I finished that prayer, Mark, Brother Mark, I tell you what, I heard police sirens mm. everywhere, and the guys took off running only because it was an ambulance passing by that they thought were police on the way. <laughs> wow. So it was, a, it was an am ambulance that yeah. was, you know, going for somebody that may have been physically sick, but here I was spiritually sick, yeah. you wow. need, in need of a Savior. And yeah. so I get out from under the car, and I ended up saying, okay, well, I'm going to go get my homeboys, and, you know, yeah. we're going to go back and retaliate, et cetera. And I heard something in my heart, and, and I didn't know what it was, but it just said, you said you would call that number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, where in the heck did that come from? It's yeah. like, it's, it's my conscience. It's, yeah. Am I going crazy? And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to call that number. Yeah. So I'm walking down um, probably about a mile to the nearest payphone, and it was about 3 in the morning now. Okay? Wow. Now, keep in mind, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. This guy that I'm about to call don't know me from nobody. Right. And um, I ended up calling. Back in those days, they had beepers, you know, oh, pagers. Yeah. You don't right. see those anymore. But yeah. I remember calling, and the phone didn't have a callback number. So I hung the phone up, and I looked up. I said, there you go, God. I called. Mm -hmm. So now I'm turning around to go back and do what my flesh and what I, what I was used to doing. Yeah. And there's a car that pulls up right in front of me, mm. a big old beat-up station wagon. And there's a gentleman in there looks at me. He goes, young man, do you need a ride somewhere? And I looked at him, and I'm like, no, I don't need no ride nowhere, and I'm not about to get in the car with you. Mm. And I started thinking. I said, you know what? We'll try one more phone. So up the road, there was a hospital by the name of Children's Cooks Medical Center there mm. in Fort Worth. And he gave me a ride up there. And when I got out of the vehicle, he stops me. He goes, by the way, young man, he looks at me. He says, young man. I said, yes, sir. I didn't call him, sir. I said, what's up? You mm. know, it was my, my vocabulary in right. those days, just what's up. And he said, God bless you. And mm. I looked at him, and I looked down beside him and me. Between us was a Bible in his vehicle. Mm -hmm. That was when every hair on my body stood up and mm -hmm. I really began to like, okay, something is up here. Yeah. This is not normal. Yeah. So I get into the hospital, make the phone call and waited about five or 10 minutes. The gentleman never called back. I'm exiting the hospital. I get to the exit door. Then I hear the phone ring way down in the opposite end of the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking I'm not about to go back over there. So instead of walking over there, I ran to the phone. I picked it up, and the gentleman says, we've been waiting for you to call Casey. That was my nickname in the streets, Casey. Mm -hmm. And um, you say the word Casey, they knew exactly who you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And he says, where are you? And I said, well, I'm here. He goes, well, don't you leave anywhere. I'm going to go pick you up right now. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm thinking, okay, you're going to come pick me up. You don't know who I am. You don't know if I'm going to rob you, if I'm going to kill you. You don't know what's going on. But he does. He shows up, and he picks me up. And um, what you did know that you didn't know was that it was a divine appointment. Yes, sir. Exactly. (laughs) You didn't know it at the time, but you did. Yeah. And that's what was really surprising me was the love this man had for a perfect stranger. And that I think out of any impact that that day that really, really showed me something was happening was the fact that here's a man that lives in a very good part of town mm-hmm. picking up somebody. Now, I was under a vehicle with a white shirt, mm-hmm. okay? So think about getting out from under that vehicle. Yeah. I just look like a dirty bum now. I'm like yeah. just totally. And he comes to pick me up and takes me to his home. And we walk in, and he lived in a very, very nice home, him and his family. And I'm thinking this this guy, you know, the, the love that he's showing me, it was unusual for me because mm-hmm. people didn't do that. You know, they just, not the people I knew anyway. Mm-hmm. We get in the apartment and he looks at me and he says, yeah, are you ready to meet Jesus? I look at him. I said, sure. Where's he at? You know, <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking around and of, of course I'm being kind of funny yeah. and he's looking at me. He doesn't have a funny look on his face. I could see in his eyes there was something serious about this man. He goes, you've been running for a long time. He goes, but you're a chosen person. Mm. God has a plan for you, young man. And he told me when I passed you up. And I said, well, I said, nothing else has worked for me. So if you think he can help me, then, yes, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. he didn't tell me what it was. He didn't go down the 12 steps. He didn't, you know, he, yeah. all he simply said was pray this prayer with me. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, he said, um, say, Lord Jesus. And when I said Jesus, I remember saying the name. And I literally felt like everything negative in my body was literally being extracted. Mm. I mean, like I could literally feel, which I believe at that time were just the demons and, and the ugliness yeah. that I carried and yeah. was actually leaving my body. And when I said, come into my heart and forgive me, I'll never forget it to this day. Mm. I knew the Holy Spirit had come into my body. I could Amen. feel like a cleansing was taking place, a joy that I never experienced, a love that I never experienced. And after I prayed the prayer for Jesus to take control of my life and to forgive me, I opened my eyes and a, a, a cup that was on the table had life. Mm-hmm. Everything had meaning. The very lights on the ceiling, the very carpet on the floor, mm-hmm. and they could see that something radically had yeah. happened to this young man. Yeah. And wow. from that day forward, I was I was just been on fire for God and mm-hmm. you know there's been some ups and downs along the road that of course at the time when I got saved I thought I could attack hell with a water gun and <laughs> you yeah. know but as Christians I've learned that we grow and we grow sometimes through trial and error and um, it is a road but meeting the Lord Jesus anytime I'm in a tough time or I find myself you know going through a hard situation I go back to the day that I was saved yeah and I remember that day and that's nothing the devil can ever take away those are some amazing stories and an incredible yeah. testimony that I'm sure there's more depth and more details oh, yes. and, and probably even more testimonies than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that are joining us uh, just now, we are speaking to uh, Pastor Brian Ayala from Extreme Impact Church here in San Antonio. He's just mm-hmm. given us a bit of his story and testimony and uh, on how he met the Lord uh, coming out of a, uh, a life of uh, drug addiction and uh, just gangbanging and that, that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, if we fast forward to today, um, you are just doing some amazing things for the glory of God. Amen. You're connected to an, to an awesome uh, spiritual father, uh, Pastor Rod Parsley over at World Harvest uh, Church. And yes, uh, and tell us a little bit about that connection and what God is doing here now uh, having you as a pastor. Well, uh, one, one of the things um, connecting with Pastor Rod Parsley has made a big impact in my life mm-hmm. um, for the non-compromising stance 
you know, that he has and, and his heart to see yeah. America, all of the body of Christ begin to be a bold voice in America to bring our nation back to God. It, it's just been an amazing journey. And here in San Antonio, um, from the from the street corners to the church sanctuaries, I've, I've been led to preach the gospel wherever the gospel needs to be heard. And yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's been amazing so far, the journey and being connected to World Harvest Church also gives us a great covering. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just an opportunity to be able to, um, just bring pastors together and leaders together for the cause of Christ. Yeah. At what point did you know that you were going to be pastoring a church? Well, I want to say when I was, um, it was a time when we were doing a, a prison ministry by, by positive impact prison ministries and, um, I just had this this gift to lead the people, and mm-hmm. you know, and I just you know it just happened, and um, I've had people tell me, you know, you're you're going to be a pastor one day, et cetera. I didn't even know what a pastor was when they were mm-hmm. telling me. I, I just knew it was a preacher, yeah. but just just the desire to see people's lives changed, to see them saved, and um, you know, I just when I've talked, people listen, and that I was like, wow, you know, people would tell me there's just something in you that makes me want to receive Christ. So you founded this Positive Impact Prison Ministry. Yes. Um, When did that happen? Well, that happened back, I want to say, in 2000. 2000. And this was meant to be reaching the prisoners where they're at. Yes. See, see what happened was in my journey with Christ, um, probably after about two or three years, I ended up losing my father. Mm -hmm. And um, at that moment, I was actually in the county jail. I I had faced some tickets and things like that and there's just a lot of things that have transpired and it brought bitterness into my heart when I lost my dad and mm. so I ended up backsliding from God I had walked away from God and and that's another testimony of my life and the, the, the saving the, the grace of God to yeah. restore one who felt like they've fallen so far away that Amen. God wants to discard you God never discards those that he's already chosen yeah. he's He's just waiting for you to run home. And so what God did was he used the belly of the well, which was the prison for me, Mm. to get me back in, which I can honestly say, had I never went to that prison, I don't believe I would be here today. Mm. But as I went in there, I I remember doing 24 months, and the Lord led me to start a prison ministry called Positive Impact Prison Ministry. While you were a prisoner? While I was a prisoner. Okay. And this was unheard of because in the state of Texas, you are not allowed to have any kind of organization that is run by an inmate mm. within the walls. So it must be an outside facilitator. But the impact of this particular ministry was making such a difference in the prison system that mm. I was in that uh, the wardens had approved it. And, you know, it was just a ministry that consisted of men who lived what they believed. Mm-hmm. They didn't just talk about God, but their lifestyle proved that mm-hmm. they were representatives of God. Mm-hmm. And so that ministry started. I would write families on the outside telling them how good their son or the, uh, their um, uncle or nephew was doing. and. Yeah. And we developed a relationship with the families outside. So once I was released um, here, I came to San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I had already didn't even realize that there was like a small group of people just waiting to be encouraged. And mm. so I did come out and I served under the ministry of uh, Pastor David Segovia and some other great pa- pastors here in the city. Mm-hmm. And then ended up starting um, Extreme Impact Church. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Actually on the driveway of our home. Yeah? Yeah. And you started the church when? I started at the church back, I want to say it was 04. In 04. Yeah. So uh, bring us up to speed today. Um, you've been around since 04. 
Tell me about the culture of the church. What's going on in the church? Tell me about the different ministries and how wow. your outreach and all that. Other good well, stuff. we we have um, we have a young adults ministry. We have mainly everything we do is outside the four walls of our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have every year we get a group of thirty or forty young people between the ages of thirteen and twenty eight. Mm-hmm. We'll march downtown. They have BDU uniforms and we'll carry our Christian flags and yeah. not out there causing conflict, but encouraging the people, letting the people know there are you know there there, there is a better way. And so we're, we'll march downtown and reach out there during the summertime. We do a, a outreach on the intersections, you know, encouraging people that, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, God still loves you. Don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. And from from that to— Is that, is that a one-on-one ministry with people that are walking by? or are you yeah, just... one on, We have people ready to pray for individuals who are walking by mm-hmm. as well as about maybe 10 to 14 people that are handing out tracts and flyers. Okay to the cars that are passing by, which awesome. we've gotten some great responses. And mm-hmm. we've gotten a couple of few birdies, you know, thrown yeah, at sure. us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've had some some unpopular opinions come yeah. at us. But, you know, yeah. all in all, people are still being saved. And we also have an outreach ministry that we do now, uh, which is called Bridge Builders. Mm-hmm. And what we do is trying to reach the community that believe that, well, churches, some people have a, they say church is always taking from people. And, you know, it's all about money. And, you know, we've yeah. heard all the excuses. Sure. And so what we've done now is we've done what our goal is every week is to hand out free food on Saturdays and free clothing. Right now we're doing it once a month, which we've seen a tremendous impact. Just the other week we handed out over, I believe, it's 150 to 200 plates and um, for free. You mm-hmm. know, um, instead of having a plate sale, we're having a plate giveaway, and right. which is very unusual. Some of the people said, you know, we've seen people give away food, but y'all don't like giving away brisket and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's, it's, it's God doing it through us. And Amen. I just want you to know that God loves you. Yeah, I think sometimes the uh, people look at the church as, uh, well, we're, uh, the church is a nonprofit. The church is always asking that we're, yeah. we're it, it looks like we're the ones that are needy because we're the ones that are always asking <laughs> when, in fact, yeah. we're the ones that ought to be giving. Yes, we sir. ought to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ serving our community and going out there and say, hey, how can we serve you? Amen. That, that just gives Jesus a better name. You know, I, I mean, he doesn't need help. He, he's got the name above all names. But we portray Jesus. We uh, are the face of Jesus here on this mm-hmm. earth. And so when we're out there uh, asking for a handout, as the church just constantly, hey, give me some and mm-hmm. buy this from me. And then, uh, yeah, people begin to look at it at the church in a distorted way rather yeah. than going to a church and looking at it as a place of refuge where I can go and mm-hmm. pray and someone can love on me and help me and counsel That's me. That's it. It, it's turned into uh, – it sometimes can be looked at as, uh, you know, well, i got to stay away from there because they're going to take away your money and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. what you guys are doing is great because that helps break down those walls and, like you said, build those bridges to the people and where mm-hmm. they're at, Amen. taking the church out to where they are. Yeah. So kudos to you and uh, to your congregation, the folks that are Amen. helping you out and doing that. Now, you've got a couple of different campuses, right? Yes, yeah, so we yeah. actually have two here in, in the city of San Antonio, and one is located actually on the campus of Christian World Ministries, mm-hmm. which is um, a great, great pastor and mentor friend who's uh, Bishop Michael Sides, and mm-hmm. it's been a great encouragement to us in our congregation as well as uh, Jason and Rhonda Sides there at Christian World. So our, we, we do. We hold our, our services there in the facility on Tuesdays at 7 p.m., and then mm-hmm. Sunday evenings at 5 p.m., and we have uh, another location that we meet at, which is actually on Guadalupe Street in South Trinity, which is our newest location that we've just opened up. And there we're there Sunday mornings at 1130 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. 
And then we also have Friday night Awaken Youth when we have uh, the young the young adults will meet there and for praying and fasting and just just radically praying out to God, crying out for the community there in the west side of San Antonio. And that is located at 1707 Guadalupe Street. Actually, used to be an old bar, old mafia hangout. Yeah. And the city said they'd never let it open up again. But when they found out that a church was going to go into it, they said, well, we may reconsider that now. <laughs> and so there we are right there. What used to be a bar is now a church. Yeah. Well, for those that are that are listening that don't have a home church, they've been listening to your uh, to your testimony. They they like what what they heard. There, mm-hmm. maybe you've kind of piqued their interest, and maybe they can relate at that at that level of where you've come from mm-hmm. uh, and kind of where you're at today. And and maybe they're not so familiar with this side of who you are as far as you know themselves personally, mm-hmm. but they'd like to know more about you. They'd like to come in contact with you. Uh, how can they get a hold of you? Is there a phone number or something on the Internet? Well, yeah, well, definitely they can reach us at 210-859-2700. And they can also reach us through the Internet at www.extreme with an X. X marks the spot. Yeah. com, And there's also uh, services that they can go online there and watch because sometimes people, they don't want to go to the church. So we've actually put services on our website so that you can go ahead and have church with us before you actually come into the service. And, you know, we're praying that that will be a blessing to them as well. All right. So for those of you that'd like to get a hold of Pastor Brian Ayala, our, uh, we encourage you to go by and visit Extreme Impact Church. Again, the number is 210-859-2700. If you want to look them up on the Internet, they are at Extreme Impact Church. That's just with the letter X, ExtremeImpactChurch.com. Pastor, as we get ready to close out, why don't you say a prayer? Because I, I believe that there are people out there that are listening mm-hmm. that maybe they find themselves... Uh, uh, in church, one foot in the church and one mm-hmm. foot still out, playing around with the things of the world and the things of the flesh, and mm-hmm. um, just to pray something over them that will encourage them and get them to commit. This is a new year we're getting ready to walk yes, into, sir. and so all things are new. We've got to leave all those old things behind us, go into the new things and the blessings of God. So can you do that? Yes, I sure can. Go ahead. Amen. Heavenly Father, we first of all want to thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to go over the air today and to reach the hearts of thousands that may be listening at this moment. God, I pray right now for the person that is straddling the fence, for that one, God, that is maybe trapped in the gray area, God. And I know that they say there's no gray area, but Father, the reality is that there are many who are trapped in a gray area that, Lord, their hearts are for you, but whatever the life has dealt in, whatever situations they may be facing have caused them to walk away from you. Father, I pray that they'll be drawn right now by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will convict the heart, that they will know and understand that the love of God and the forgiveness of God is there waiting for them to cry out. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, whether it's addiction, whether it's drugs, Father, maybe somebody's trapped in pornography. Maybe there's a husband listening right now who is struggling to be faithful or God, whatever Whatever the case may be, I pray that you will remind them they are royalty. Yes. They are bought with the, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blood has paid the price for every sin that they've committed, God. I pray that they will learn and understand that the devil was never meant to be above them but beneath them. And I pray that even at this moment, God, they would find you, Lord. I pray they cry out whether they're driving or sitting at home in a living room or maybe in a jail cell somewhere. The spirit of the living God can invade their heart right now, Father, as they cry out. Help them to be on fire for you, Lord, and to remember, Lord, in the world, we may look like a minority, but in your hands and living for you, we are a majority. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would draw that one now with cords of love 
And, and Lord, you are not a God of demotion, but you are a God of promotion. My friend, in Jesus' name, may you call out to God now and know that he's not there to condemn you, but he's there to pick you up and turn you around and set your feet on solid ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Brian Ayala, thank you so much for being here with us. We uh, appreciate you being here. And once again, for all of those of you listening, we encourage you to go out and visit Pastor Brian, visit his church, and become part of the local community church there at Extreme Impact Church. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've had a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, simply submit your nomination at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.